0: We appreciate uh, good music in our church, and part of what makes it, you know, good music, it's uh, it's clear. It's got a it's got a, it's got a message that the, the music complements and, and it uh, it gives it gives us uh, something for for people to take of truth. So, all right, well, we're talking about uh, church membership for a few weeks, and and uh, you know, we're going to look at at at, at, at various uh, verses tonight, a number of verses, because it's not like you can go. You would think, okay, you know, church, I mean, we always talk about church membership. I mean, that should be easy to preach on, right? I mean, you should be able to just all through the, uh, there should be a a primer, you know, some passage you go to, there just would be the tutorial on church membership, be laid right out there, like, you know, 10 nifty points of church membership. But it really, it isn't there like that. (laughs) Um, in fact, uh, you, you'd be hard-pressed to even find that terminology. Really, I mean, you can find you know members, and you can find church, but church membership—you um, got to look for the concept. Yeah, you you, you you don't you don't see really that terminology, and uh, that's why you know if you're going to preach with authority, you have got to preach what the word says. You know, not what not what the uh, you know, not what the Baptist Catechism taught you or, or the, uh, um, you know, a conglomeration of uh, church constitutions laid out for you over the years. Uh, I can't preach a church con- constitution personally. I have to teach the Bible, you know. And for as much as the church constitution lines up with the Bible, then, then, then great. And if there's things in the church constitution that we have there just as a matter of doing things decently and in order and, and institutional policies, then just be honest about that. You know, this is what we choose to do in our church. Not every church has to do it that way because it's a, you know this isn't based you know uh, on inspired word of God. It's just what we have come to. We what we have decided together would be the best for our church to function, to glorify God. Um, and so uh, next week probably we'll we'll spend some time looking at our church constitution and see what that says and and, and uh, you know how, what, the, what the biblical aspects uh, of that. But this evening. So I just wanted to spend some, uh, some time just talking about some, some, uh, some principles from the Bible as it relates to, to the church, what the church is, and what the concepts of what we would call church membership as we find them in the Bible. By the way, today's uh, been a, a, a special day. Uh, we had uh, some visitors here this morning. I think we had three visitors, which was great. And uh, Mrs. Poole was here this morning. Yeah, it was good to see her, right? Uh, she's looking better than ever. She's, <laughs> she was doing great. Um, it was great to see her, and I know she was excited to be here. Um, she just said to me, she said uh, two or three times, she said, I just miss church so much. Oh, Mrs. Poole's right there. I'm quoting you accurately, right? I can say it for myself. You don't need to say it for, for me. But uh, uh, see, uh, um, it's great to see you, Mrs. Poole. I didn't, I didn't know you were there, so I was going to talk some more about you. Now you'll never know what. Well done, um, yeah, you'll never know what I was going to say now because I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> But uh, it was great to have Mrs. Poole here, and, and uh, uh, Mrs. Neely, and uh, uh, Pat Davis, yes, uh, Pat Gardner, sorry, June Gardner, <laughs> Pat Neely. We have a missionary, Pat Davis, and that was good. All right. Say you need to, you need to <laughs> you need not stay away for so long, I forget your, forget your names there, but Pat and June, they're inseparable, and uh, we're glad that they're here uh, uh, today as well. And uh, then we have some kids from our youth group. Uh, it's good to see them uh, here, Gabby and Jasmine. And so uh, it's just a great day. All right, uh, let's go to the Bible tonight. And uh, we talked about last time about how church, the church is defined both, um, well, globally, I guess we could call it, in a broad sense, and uh, and also local church. And the local church is just a it's a, it's, a, it's a representation in our community um, of the bride of Christ. And uh, um, Ephesians chapter 5 talks about the bride of Christ and how uh, the church is the bride of Christ. And Jesus is very interested, he's the groom, he's very interested in his bride. Uh, We've got some weddings coming up here, uh, you know, this, uh, this, this summer. And uh, so that's another special thing about today, uh, 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 Mimi's uh, with us from Indiana, and, and Nicole, uh, she's, she's been around here, and I can just tell, you know, these, uh, these grooms in the making, um, they're pretty interested, pretty interested in their, in their soon-to-be brides, you know, and, uh, and, 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 and sometimes, you know, you try to get their attention, they're just on a different planet together. You know, they're, they're, not even, they're not even tuned into their surroundings. Uh, they're just... Uh, and, you know, Jesus is very interested in his bride. He gave himself, and, and he continues to work on her behalf to purify uh, the, the bride and to, um, to woo the bride and to invest in the bride. And that's what the church is. And, and so uh, Jesus talked about both um, the, the, the church in general and the church, the local church as well. And so let's go just to that passage uh, there in Matthew 16. In Matthew 16, as I said, we'll look at a a bunch of different passages here tonight. Matthew chapter 16. And uh, in verse 15 it says, Jesus said uh, unto them, Who say ye that I am? And people might, if you were to ask them, who's Jesus, they might give you all kinds of answers. And he's asking, you know, who do you guys say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah. I appreciate that answer. For flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Uh, that answer would be in agreement with, with my Father's um, uh, assessment. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, It uh, means a uh, little rock, a stone, and upon this rock, upon this boulder, upon this bedrock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So he's talking about the bedrock of the truth of what, uh, of what Peter had said, that Jesus was the chosen, anointed, Messiah, the Son of the living God. And upon that bedrock, uh, the church is, is to be, is to be uh, built. And so... You know, he's not talking about one particular building in a certain community that's going to be built upon that foundation, right? He's talking about the church in, in, in the general sense. And so Jesus taught the, the church both in, in the global sense and he also taught it in, in the local sense. If you go to, to 18, chapter 18, Matthew chapter 18. In verse 15, he says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall uh, hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee two or three more in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Every word may be established. If you neglect to hear them, tell it unto what? The church. But if you neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. So obviously there, I mean, you can't, you, 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 you wouldn't be able to, to be able to be talking about that and in a, in a broad, unspecified sense, this has to be real individuals in a certain place. They have to be local to where this is happening, right? They have to be known to the, to the people involved. And uh, so this will be, you know, Jesus talking about the church more in a local uh, setting. And so obviously Jesus uh, um, spoke of, of both. And, uh, and so, you know, thinking about uh, uh, what Jesus promoted and how Jesus uh, uh, blood-bought his church, and he said, you know, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's the reason why um, I'm I'm, uh, devoted to being a pastor. I'm invested in being a pastor because of that truth right there. If if I didn't believe that the church was that which Jesus was invested in, then I wouldn't invest myself into it. But I feel uh, like it's a great, noble calling to work in a place where you can say, you know, this is what Jesus loves. This is what Jesus gave himself for. This is what Jesus is building, and I want to be a part of building that. And, you know, if it wasn't for that, I'd find some other occupation. But uh, uh, I can see, you know, the great benefit of of pastors and what pastors are called to. And then every member of the local church, every part of of the local church uh, together as God sets it up and gives structure to it, we'll see a little bit of that structure here tonight uh, brings uh, glory to him. I'll give you four aspects of uh, the local church which will, will produce concepts of membership. And, uh, and, and then uh, just uh, build on those a little bit uh, tonight. But Let's have a word of prayer before we go any further. Lord, I pray now that you'd help for me to communicate clearly and just encourage the brothers and sisters uh, here uh, tonight. Lord, I thank you for our church. It's a good church. Uh, Lord, and, and, uh, and thank you for each person that you've brought here. And, and Lord, we just uh, think of the different stories behind um, how you've worked to bring people here in different ways, from different places, and it's all of you, Lord. And, uh, Lord, just uh, thank you that we can uh, just ponder tonight your goodness and your, uh, your design. Um, for, we talk about our, your design for, for our homes, for our families, and you have a design for a church family as well, and I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. The first uh, uh, point that I want to uh, speak of this evening is the importance of accountability and how uh, church um, offers us accountability as Christians. It offers us accountability. Now let's go to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. And in Hebrews chapter 13, um, let's look at verse 7. Hebrews chapter 13, uh, verse 7. And it says here. Remember them which have the rule over you, have, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. And so here, you have those that teach you God's word, and they're trying to be an example of faith to you. And it says here, remember them which have the rule over you. And uh, one of the terms for pastor is a bishop or overseer. Um, and then uh, uh, another term for the pastor is the concept of of, of, of a shepherd, um, and, uh, and then uh, um, uh, so the, the 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 idea is that there's a, there's a shepherd who's an overseer who God has given some res- responsibility to have that um, episcopos, that, oh, that that uh, um, that that overscope or overseeing uh, ministry. And uh, it's also another term for the Bi- in the Bible for, for a pastor is elder. So you kind of have those three terms of the elder, the bishop, and the pastor. And, uh, and so there's, there's accountability within the local church, and, and, and it's a healthy thing. Now, you know, we've seen different uh, uh, approaches when it comes to pastoring, and, so, and some, some pastors, you know, are very... Uh, they micromanage a church, and uh, they, they, they micromanage people's lives. You know, we believe here in this church that whereas the pastor uh, does have responsibility and, and, and ministers in the Word and, and leads in matters of, of faith as, as an under-shepherd, you also have a personal Holy Spirit in your life. And you have a Holy Spirit who guides you as, as, a, as, a, as a personal uh, believer. But one of the things that the Holy Spirit is going to guide you in is to, is to be under Leadership. Now, that would be an awkward thing for a pastor to preach, except it isn't because it's in the Bible. <laughs> and it says right there, remember them which have the rule over you. Now, the Bible says, you know, that, that, that spirit-led pastors, they don't lord over their, 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 their congregation, the congregation, uh, the church of Jesus. <laughs> uh, it's not a pastor's church. It's Jesus' church. Uh, we know, you know, the pastor doesn't lord over, but they, 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 they lead by example. You know, sheep aren't meant to be driven. They're meant to be led, right? And, uh, but uh, there is, a, there is a, a level of responsibility that we have to say, you know, a church is good for me as a Christian to have accountability and to, to remember them which have the rule over you. And just the way that Jesus set it up is, you know, in leadership, the buck has to stop with somebody. Now, we know Jesus is always the head, but he put pastors in church for, for a reason, and uh, you, you might think, well, that's uh, you know that's a great thing. You get to be in charge. Well, no, it really just gives you more responsibility, you know, before the Lord to be more careful in your leadership because it's more at stake, and uh, and so it, it's good to have accountability. And then um, Hebrews 13:17, uh, 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 you say, well, and then who's the pastor accountable to? Well, I know the pastor's accountable to deacons. Well, show me that in the Bible. Well, I know, you know, the pastor's uh, he's a, he's a, he's accountable to. You know who the pastor's accountable to? The shepherd, Jesus Christ. And do you think that a a shepherd who's abusing the sheep of Jesus, do you think that God can't handle them? (laughs) Do you think God's going to take that lightly? No. No, you don't have to worry. If if, if a shepherd is out of line, the Lord can handle them just fine. And... uh, and, you know, the, the Bible says that, that if there is a problem there, that we, we, stay, we, still, we stay spiritual and we handle that in a spirit-led fashion. And so it says here, uh, in verse 17, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they that must give an account. Who's ultimately going to give an account for, for the direction of the church? Well, the, the pastor's going to. And so, you know... The, you know what should be our, our approach? Our, our approach should really be to pray for, for, for the pastor. Pray for the pastor. Uh, and, uh, and, and encourage the pastor and try, and, and try to, to, to get the vision of uh, what the Lord has given to the pastor and follow that. And, uh, and it says, for they watch for your souls. You know, uh, the, the, the pastor, if he's, if, he's a, if he's a decent pastor is praying for the church, is interested in what's going on in the church, is preparing meals, you know, to help with the church, seeing the need, um, given, given uh, uh, what, what is needed in order to, to move the church uh, uh, forward for the glory of God. That they may do it with joy. <laughs> and so, um, you know, look, if we're serving the Lord, there's joy in that, no matter how, how supportive people may be. I get great joy out of the fact that, you know, our pastor church where people are very, very supportive. And, uh, you know, there's a great spirit in the church house. Um, you know, when you preach, you get the sense that people want to hear the truth and they want to apply it. And so it, it is, humanly speaking, it's a lot more joyful to, to, uh, to be a pastor in those circumstances. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have joy in serving the Lord regardless. But it does say here, um, it's helpful if we have the right approach as a church, it does help the pastor to be able to, 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 uh, to serve with joy, that they may do it with joy and not with grief. Well, I give your pastor some grief. <laughs> that should never be a goal, uh, for that is unprofitable for you. You know, if you're giving the pastor a, a rough time, you know who that's going uh, uh, you know to be the worst for? It's going to be the worst for you, because it says there that if they're having to serve with grief, that's, not, that's unprofitable uh, for you. So, I'm just saying that because within the context of the church, we we have to talk about the way that God set it up, and part of preaching is you have to talk about, you know, uh, these things, and and so uh, Hebrews 13 does talk about accountability there as as far as as God's structure um, within the church, and uh, Galatians chapter 6, let's go to Galatians chapter 6, Galatians chapter 6 verse 1, talking about accountability, accountability is a healthy thing, and when you, when you become a part of a church, you know, what you're saying is, is I'm happy to have the accountability. Um, a lot of Christians, they like to kind of stay slippery. You know? Just don't want to be pinned down. Uh, sometimes, you know, they kind of check in enough and just, uh, just enough, check in and check out and keep just enough of a distance that nobody can really offer them any, any accountability. But you're missing out on something that, you know, and I don't think that's anybody's approach here, but if it were your approach, you'd be missing out on something. Because part of what we, what we look for of value within a church is being attached enough there and having enough relationship with people that we value those relationships, we value that accountability. We value what the family offers. We value uh, how we're in this together and how others are helping uh, uh, along the way. And uh, and so uh, it says here in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 Brethren, we looked at this in Sunday school this morning. If man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself lest thou also be tempted. So, what do you have here? You have accountability being offered, right? And when, you have, when you're attached enough to your church that you have relationships and, and you're a team, then, you know, if. Uh, if a, if, a, if a teammate is going kind of rogue and they're not going according to the plan, you know, there can be a little, some check and balances there. Yeah, teammates can get, get by with that because you know we're all on the same team. We're for each other, you know. All for one, all for God, right? <laughs> and teammates are for each other, and so we can kind of say, hey, you know, uh, that, that was the game. remember what the game plan was? Come on, let's do this together. Um, let's, not, uh, let's not, you know, get a couple teammates off to the side criticizing the rest of the team. Get a couple teammates over there, you know, cracking on the coach, and that's counterproductive. Uh, So what we have is if if there if there is uh, if there is an issue, a healthy accountability that's made to build is is offered. And so one of the things that uh, uh, the church offers, if we, but we've got to be plugged in enough for that to to have that. I mean, if you want to call it membership, call it membership. But you're invested enough in the church. You're invested enough, so you have this level of relationship, and so you have put yourself. You've made yourself accountable. You've made yourself accountable. You know, some people just like to hop around because they never have to be accountable to anything. You know, they just kind of—they're hard to pin down. They kind of and, and, and so um, you, you know, I, I just—I I just appreciate that. We have people in our church that they hear; they're interested in each other. You know, they linger for a while, and, and they and they and they spend time with one another. And the more you get those relationships, the more intertwined your lives become. And then you can help each other. You can build together. You can work uh, uh, together. And look, you know, I'm not, I if, if if someone if someone says to me, "Hey, today I'm going to another church." God, you know, gave me an opportunity to be a blessing. I'm all for that sort of thing. I mean, what I'd usually say is. You know, give give them our greetings. Uh, you know, we should never be paranoid just because, you know, somebody's going to go minister in another church for a day or whatever that, you know, somehow they're, you know, turning their back upon us. And we, you know, look, if we're a joyous church and we have good relationships, that's going to be the value that people would want to come and invest in. And if they're not finding joy in, in, in our church, then, you know, I'd like for them to find a place where they are finding joy, right? Uh, and so... There should never be because I've read about and, I, and I've seen situations where, you know, churches become very manipulative and possessive and kind of like, you know, uh, are, are involved in a healthy way, an unhealthy way in people's lives to, um, to have this kind of this guilt culture when it comes to, to being a part of a church. I don't see where that would ever be something healthy. I mean, if we, if we appreciate that Jesus is building his church and, it's, and it's, the, it's, the, it's the greatest thing going on earth, like in the community, the most important thing in, in Clinton, Maine right now is, is Jesus' church. That's the most important thing going. That's the eternal thing that's going on. It's the greatest thing that there is to be a part of. And we see biblically what a, what a, what a positive thing the church is, then, you know, and we want to be a part of that Because of the benefits of it. Not because of, you know, that we feel uh, guilty or uh, we feel like people are, you know, going to shun us or something if we're not. All right? And so, uh, but the second point is accountability, then assembling. Assembling. The assembly of the church. Now, look, (laughs) one thing that has made us appreciate, because we've had times when we haven't been able to assemble, you know, it's made us appreciate how necessary and how how much we we depend upon being able to assemble together. When you don't have that, man, it really strikes you. That is an important part of my life. It's an important part of my life. And so when we're talking about the church, you know, and and I I would say that a church member, as far as the concepts of the Bible go, are ones that see the value of assembling. That's really the spirit of church membership, seeing the value of assembling together. Let's go to Philippians 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 1. You know, sometimes people say, hey, you know, I have, I have, a, I have a, my grandson, you know, is having a birthday in another town, and we're going to go to church. They're, great. Man, those things are important. Go see your grandson. You know, go to their church. Have a good time. Uh, you know, my favorite preacher is going to be in the next town over. And and uh, and I'm like, oh, hey, man, hopefully I'm, I'm your second favorite, okay? Uh, but go see your favorite preacher. That's great. That's great. Hey, you know, at least they're not saying my favorite team is playing over there, so i got to go watch a ball game, right? Uh, and they're going to hear the their, their, uh, preacher that they enjoy. Great, man. You know, go 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 listen to the preacher. It's good. It's good stuff. Uh now if someone has has made themselves accountable here and want to assemble with us and they're a part and they have you know they have investment here, then we want them around as much as possible to be be a part of that right like if we had a team and, and uh and you know your teammate is like wanting to go play for the other team all the time, you got to be like, "Well, you know, maybe we should just go be on that team right and that's fine, go do that i mean um no 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 no, no offense, no problem but uh you know, there, there's. we don't have to be, we don't have to, again, we don't have to micromanage people's lives. It's okay, you know. Like we said before, not everything is a slippery slope. Uh, people go away from vacations for a couple weeks. Well, we hope you find a good church there to fellowship with for a while. Give them our greetings from Clinton Baptist Church up in Maine. And if they're up here, you know, tell them to stop in, right? <laughs> and uh, Mrs. Hodgson, she goes to different churches sometimes and, uh, and, and presents the ministry there. I love that. You know, Brother Andy gets to go preach in different places. That's wonderful. Spread the wealth. It's all the kingdom of God. Um, and it's his, his church in the broad sense. But assembling is so important, isn't it? It is. And we really miss it when we don't get to, to do that. Philippians 1, verse 1. It says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, and they're writing to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with bishops and deacons. So it's given you a, a pretty uh, you know, nifty little description there of what the church looked like, the components of the church. First of all, it says they're writing to all the saints. Now it, does, it doesn't say that you don't see, you know, I think, well, you know, it should say to all the members there at the church of Philippi. Well, by inference, I guess it, it is saying, you know, the, 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 those that are a part of that, they are members there, they're a part of that church, but it calls them the saints. So they're the, the saved individuals, the set-apart How did they become a part of that church? Well, by you know, becoming, uh, coming to Christ, by being set apart for, for, for Christ, the saints in Christ Jesus. So if, if they were saints in Christ Jesus, they were a part of, and they were assembled there in Philippi, that's, they were a part of that church, which are at Philippi with bishops and deacons. So that New Testament church there had believers in Jesus Christ, just in general, and then some of them in particular were, were deacons, so we see that there's, there was deacons there, and, uh, and bishops, uh, evidently they had more than one than one pastor as well, okay? And so um, they're, they're writing to the assembly, we could say that they're those that assembled themselves, because they're writing a letter, and so it's addressed to those that would be together there as the church at Philippi, you know, so they uh, they're writing to all of them at the same time, so the inference is they've, they've, they, 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 they've assembled themselves. Hey, guess what came this week? You know, uh, P.O. Box 1 there in, in Philippi. Uh, I don't know, how How do we end up with P.O. Box 1? That's pretty cool. Uh, Clint Baptist Church has P.O. Box 1, the first ever P.O. Box uh, we, we got somehow. But uh, they got a, we got a letter from from Paul, and uh and, and so they're, they're gathered together, and, and Paul starts it right off. You know, all of you there, and the, uh, all of you saved people there in Philippi with your deacons and your, and your pastors, and he goes on to write this letter uh, about how much he, he appreciates them, uh, the assembly, all right? And uh, let's go to Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. And let's pick it up at uh, at verse 19. It says, Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenice and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And so, you know, when Stephen was put to death for his faith and, and, and the heat was on with others there, there was a scattering. I mean, they were, they were committed, but uh, you know, they, were, they weren't necessarily uh, um, eager to be the next martyr either. And so there was a, a scattering of the believers, and God used that to, to spread the, the gospel. And the hand of the Lord was with them. See that there? A great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came into the, the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem. So you had a local church where? In Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch who when he came and had seen the grace of God, who came? Barnabas. Barnabas came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. So God was using Barnabas there in Antioch, then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. Remember Saul? Saul was to become Paul. And uh, Saul was a a relatively new believer, and Barnabas is encouraging him in the Lord, probably doing some discipleship there. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church. See that? They're with the church where? Antioch. There There was a local church, first we saw, in Jerusalem. Now there's a local church that's assembling in Antioch. You see, the church was assembling there, right? And, and Saul and Barnabas, they stayed for a whole year and became a part of assembling with them and, uh, and, and themselves with the church and taught much people. How did they do that? Through the assembly. The teaching went on through the assembly. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. And so Antioch was a very important place in church history. They were called Christians first there. And evidently, the fact that they had uh, a strong, uh, um, faithful assembly was part of why they were called Christians first in Antioch, and 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 uh, Barnabas, a great encourager, and Saul, um, you know, the the one his disciple, they were assembling there as well, and they were teaching um, there, and uh, so you can see the importance of 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 assembling, and you know. uh, it's kind of a popular thing to say, well, you know, hey, don't get me wrong, I, I, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus, but I just i am not for the whole, um, you know, or, organized religion. I'm just not for organized religion. Um, you ever heard that sort of thing before? Well, I'm sorry, but uh, when it comes to Christianity, Jesus had some, or, some, some, uh, some organization to it. He said, you know, there, there's, there's a way that's going to work best for, for this to, to go forward. Uh, and so, you know, I don't know, organized religion might be a different thing, but an organized church that assembles themselves. I mean, they had to have a time that they communicated that was going to happen. <laughs> they did it more than once because it was over a year's time. Much was taught, so that it was a regular thing. And, uh, and so there was some organization to the assembly there. And so if you want to call Christianity a religion, and there is an aspects in which, you know, there is pure religion, undefiled. that goes on in the church, uh, uh, service to the Lord, love for the Lord then it is organized. And for somebody to, you know, to say, well, you know, I'm a Christian, and I follow Jesus, and I love Jesus, I'm just as committed to Jesus as anybody, but I just don't believe in organized religion, that's just a cop-out. Amen. That's just saying, you know, I want to follow Jesus, but I want to do it my own way, and I don't want to be accountable to anybody. That's basically what's going on there, right? Um, and that's just, this is not biblical. And most importantly, it's not biblical. Uh, and so... You know, maybe they've experienced bad things in a church, and, uh, and I'll tell you a little secret, so have I. Uh, you know, maybe they've, uh, uh, maybe they've been a part of a church that was controlling and, you know, just had a bad spirit. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we give up on it. Do we give up on God's design just because some people have, you know, uh, perverted the design? No, we still keep out, hold out hope for that and, and, and just pray that God helps us be a part of a church that's, that, that's biblical and that's thriving uh, for Him. And, uh, and so we had accountability and we had assembling. Let's look at one more passage uh, there. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10. This is probably the classic uh, passage on, on, uh, on assembling. And if we pick it up in verse 23... As believers, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Hold on to that for dear life. Hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see uh, the day approaching, and so you see here that the Bible puts a premium on Christians assembling together. Right? Christians assembling together, and uh, it says there that that's going to become even more important um, as the day approaches. Now, I'm thankful that we have, you know, we have a, we have a ministry uh, to those that that aren't able to to assemble uh, for a time and, and can't for various reasons, and. Uh, if, um, you know, if, if someone is able to assemble, you know, then I, then I pray that they would make that decision to do that. Because, you know, the, the, the live stream is not really, it's not a good substitute. It's, 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 a, it's a substitute, but it's not, uh, it's not the same. And the Lord knows our hearts. And if possible, you know, we are to be committed to the assembling of ourselves together. And you say, what do the concepts of church membership look like? Well, it, to me, biblically, what I can see here very clearly is someone who's a member of a church is happy to make themselves accountable in that place, to plug themselves in for accountability. To make, you know, there's a certain level of vulnerability to that, isn't there? But it's the way God set it up, you know, uh, to be a part of a church family. And then, secondly they're happy to 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 uh, uh, to experience the benefits of assembling with the church, with the local church. They're assembling. And uh, you know, that's why I mean sometimes, sometimes I, you know, there's some people that aren't technically on the church membership roles, but to me they're part of our church just as much as anybody because they assemble here faithfully. They assemble here faithfully. And there's some people that aren't, you know, they're not they're on the membership roles, but you know, they don't really have, seem to have much of an interest in assembling. Um, there's some that have an interest in assembling but can't for various reasons. And they're, they're just as much a part of the church, you know, to me as anybody else. Uh, but you see the spirit of it? It's the spirit of it. It's the spirit of it. You know, it's not the technicality of my name's on the list. It's, it's, it's the spirit of, you know, is our heart, I mean, do we desire to assemble with other believers in the local church and be a part of that and, be, and make ourselves accountable uh, there? And they say, well, you know, should we not have uh, a church membership list? I'm not saying that. We're going to talk about uh, two more points here next week. And one of those points um, one of those points is advancement. And in order to advance together, you've got to have some, some organization. And then, so we're going to talk about advancement uh, under the, the, the banner of Jesus Christ. And then another big part of the concept of church membership is accuracy. In other words, really the Bible calls it sound doctrine. If you don't have some structure and some organization, then you're going to have a problem sustaining some of the things that are important for a church. And one of those things is sound doctrine. Uh, and we'll talk more about that next week, but I'll just leave you with something anecdotal uh, here. It was, uh, uh, you know, my first pastor, I was really young. I was, I was 29 when I, when I started pastoring uh, um, there in, in, in Warren. And... Uh, I remember you know some some people look at twenty nine year old and they think well we can you know we can <laughs> we can have our way with this guy uh, and uh there was a lot of experience on my part i mean I look back at some of the things that i, that I did I'm like, oh, why <laughs> you know <laughs> why'd I do that and uh God forgives us and and uh you know um but then there's other things that kind of make me chuckle. Like this one guy, he calls me and he said, you know, uh, I know I'm not around. He'd just been there, I think, a couple times. I'd seen him in a period of like three years. Yeah, I'm not around very much, but, uh, you know, God, I was praying this week and he told me I needed to come preach at your church. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I'll, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> Let me pray about it for a bit. But I'm thinking, you uh, know, well, that's probably not, you know, don't you... Why don't you come, you know, and, and uh, come attend the church for a while, and we'll get to know you. and, and I'm sure you have spiritual gifts, and, and as you get plugged in here, God will want to use you in your spiritual gifts. And he said, well, yeah, that's fine, but when do you want to schedule me? I'm like, this guy isn't going to, he's not really getting it, you know. I mean, I don't really know this guy from Adam. I don't know what his doctrine is. He's probably going to come preach that, that you can only come to church once a year and still be a preacher. I don't know. What's he going to preach if he comes to church? <laughs> and so... You know, when it comes to preserving sound doctrine, you have to have some structure there. You have to have—you can't just have anybody just walk into the church and say, "God told me to preach today." You know, God told me to come up and you know play my you know bongo drums today or whatever. You know, um, you got to have some structure to the thing, and uh, and and you got to you got to you got to have you got to have some organization. The Bible talks about doing things decently and in order, but within that. I, I just, I'm one that I like to see the spirit of the thing. I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't see the value of just the letter of something without the spirit of something. And so to me, primarily, the spirit of church membership is found in the concepts in which we're talking about here. It's found in the concepts of being accountable and being, and being a part of, of, of the assembly. And then we'll talk about two more points to go along with that. And, uh, and at the end of the day, I mean, I just want these things to encourage us, you know. Uh, we have a good church, and uh, I mean, I'm going to tell people that uh, hey, if you're looking for a church, the best church around is Clinton Baptist Church. You know, that's what I'm going to tell them. They say, uh, uh, you know, a- you know, the-, the best advertisement is word of mouth, right? And so, you know, the best uh, advertisement, if you if you believe that this church speaks the the gospel accurately and gives God's word accurately, um, then uh, you know then you can say, hey, I like my church because, you know, there's people there that are trying to serve the Lord together and they try to encourage you in the things of God and they try to teach God's word accurately and help us with God's word. And most of all, most of all, they tell people how they can know for sure that they're going to heaven someday. They tell people how they can know for sure that they're going to heaven someday. Do you know that you're going to heaven? Do you know that for sure? Um, look, the Bible says that we all have a problem called sin, right? <laughs> you have that problem. I have that problem. I could tell you some stories of this last week, of uh, some things, some situations I got into where some other people were sinners, and then I could tell you some other situation I got into where I, where I, was, you know, I wasn't uh, being a good testimony. And because I'm a sinner, and uh, you know, I, could not, I could not live my life perfectly. And I could never be be, uh, uh, holy like God is. But God looked at me and said, you know, that Mark Philbrick, I created him with the potential of having a relationship with me. And he, he, he has separated himself from me, a holy God, because of sin. But I'd like to help him with that. And the Bible says that God commended his love towards us. While we were yet sinners, the Bible says, God stretched his love out towards us and said, you know, I don't want to leave you in that place right there. I don't want to leave you separated from me. I created you. I want you to have a personal relationship with me, and I offer you my love. And it says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And, uh, you know, God didn't say, I'm going I'm to save you because you're just a great person and, and uh, you really bring me a lot of joy. God said, I look at you as a sinner, and I have compassion on you. I want to help you with that. And the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Then what does it say? That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And uh, if you're here tonight, look at The most important thing one day, the most important thing one day is going to be if your sins are forgiven and you have eternal life, what you did with Jesus is going to be the most important thing one day. Nothing else is going to matter. You know, young people, it's not going to matter which guy liked you or which girl looked at you or it's not going to matter, you know, what sport you were good at, if people thought you were cool or not, you know. None of that stuff is going to matter anymore. What's going to matter is, you know, it's not going to matter how popular you are. None of those things It's going to be, what did you do with Jesus? How did you respond to your Creator? Christian, never get tired of hearing the Gospel and always be uh, thankful somebody told you. Hey, somebody told me about Jesus. Somebody told me about Jesus. You know what that means? I need to tell somebody else, too. Somebody gave me a chance. And, uh, and so we want to be dedicated. Look, the, 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 the most important thing we want to talk about next week as far as advancement goes is to follow the vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said that we need to be sharing the gospel. You know when you when you talk to people, you like to share things, don't you? Well, what is the best thing that you could share with somebody? The best thing you could share with somebody is the good news of what Jesus did for you, and uh, and tell them you have you have a good church that preaches that good news, and uh, that helps others have a, a relationship with with God, um, as well. All right, let's pray.